This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast from the Bet Rivers Network. It is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast, uncensored, unfiltered, unsomething or other, maybe the Uncola, like 7-Up used to be called. And when it comes to the Steelers, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. The Philadelphia Eagles are the opponent Sunday at Philadelphia, which makes it no easier. And the Eagles rank fourth in scoring offense, 15 yards. The Eagles rank fourth in scoring defense, fourth in yards. The Eagles rank first in turnover differential. The Steelers, meanwhile, rank 31st in scoring offense, 30th in yards. The Steelers rank 22nd in scoring defense, 28th in yards. The Pittsburgh Steelers rank 21st in turnover differential. It all adds up to the Steelers being underdogs by 10.5 points Sunday at Philadelphia. And I bet the final score is a wider margin than that. Like I said, it's the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast, part of the Famous Bet Rivers Podcast Network. I'm joined now by my co-host, Tom Offerman. Tom, do the Steelers have any chance Sunday at Philadelphia? What has to happen? Oh, they have no chance. Maybe if Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown and a couple members of the offensive line get hurt between now on Tuesday and the game on Sunday, then the Eagles would not cover the spread but still probably win the football game. (laughs) There's really no chance I can see them winning this game against Philadelphia It's the second-best team they've played so far this year behind the Bills. I feel like there's an elite of three in the National Football League. Three teams. Yes. And those are the Eagles, the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, on top, the Buffalo Bills. And there may be a couple other teams that could slip in. Do you agree? And what other teams could slip in? Yeah, they're a tier above the rest. The other teams that are sitting at 6-1 and or 5-1 and are the Giants and the Vikings. I don't know if I necessarily believe that much in the Giants just yet. And no, but, I wor- but they're I worry six the- and one. You can't yeah, deny. You can't deny it. And I worry that the Vikings look like a good team and probably are that fourth best team right now. But seeing them on the field with those other three teams, I just don't see them really competing. It's a it's a three team race. I, I do think. because of MVP. Oh, of course, Kirk of course, yes. Cousins, who I who I bet on to win the National Football League MVP, who who is having a great year, but but they're in a crap division. It turned out to be a crap division. Yes. And we'll talk more about this later, but Aaron Rodgers and, and the Packers are in the tank, I think. So uh, the other team I would put just on the outside of that top tier is San Francisco. Now that they've got Christian McCaffrey, but that whole mix has to coalesce, and I'm not sure it will. 
Yeah, and I think you throw away the result last Sunday because you just ran into one of those top three teams in Kansas City who can just be a buzzsaw if they're clicking on all cylinders, and they were in that game against San Francisco. So I I think they're the best team in the NFC West. (laughs) Seattle is interestingly leading that division right now, but they'll get caught by the Niners. Got rid of Russell Wilson. They're better. better. (laughs) Denver got Russell Wilson. They're worse. I know. How about that? Seattle's and that's gonna, not coincidence. I know. Seattle got an upgrade at quarterback and all those draft picks from Denver, which are going to turn into top five draft picks, it looks like, this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Denver really blew that one. They, they should have seen Russell Wilson was washed up. And, you know, at his age, to give him that contract, that kind of guaranteed money, what what a big mistake that was. But uh, but I still think San Francisco, I, I think Kyle Shanahan's a, a real good coach. I think he has his moments when he's not, but I, I think he's better than most. So I think they could uh, could get to – put it this way. On a given day, they could pull an upset of one of those teams. And in the NFC, you only have to pull an upset yes. of one team. That's Philadelphia, and you're in the Super Bowl. That said, they're vulnerable to anybody. Correct. On the AFC side of things, teams that might sneak up to those top three teams, I think the Bengals have that potential for sure. Uh, Joe Burrow was raining fire down on Atlanta. Oh, the on first Sunday. half. Uh, it was unbelievable. Ridiculous. He's a superstar. That offense can be the best in football if they're clicking. So I think they could sneak into that conversation. One of the most disappointing teams this year, a team that you were high on in the offseason, was the Chargers. I know. Uh, they're spinning their wheels right Too now. Too many injuries. That's why I think in the second half, if they get healthy, if Herbert's ribs heal up a little bit more, they could string some wings together and make some noise in the playoffs. That, that Burrow game, what did he have at halftime? Like 325 yards passing? I don't know if he was at 300 yet. No, no, oh, he, no he was. Because he was at 200 after the first quarter. Definitely over 300. Whenever a guy has a first half like that, in recent years, they never seem to like go for like 500, 600 yards. They never seem to want to like put up that huge number. Do they get bored? Do they not want to run the score up? I I thought Burrow might might go for it, but he did not. They really dialed it back on offense in the second half, and yeah, the game was won. Yeah, I thought he was going to dethrone Norm Van Brocklin, too. Yeah, what is the record? Is it 567? I think it's something like that. Something it's, it's, like it's, that. It's above 550, I know for sure. Norm ben, ben, Van Brocklin. Ben flirted with that in a game I once remember. or twice in his career. I remember. Career. Well, uh, Norm Van Brocklin, I remember him. I think he coached Atlanta. When I was a kid, like okay. you have to go. I, I believe he quarterbacked Philadelphia when they won the NFL championship in 1960. And just that I know that <laughs> off he was the top just slinging of my, the ball around the field. Okay, and like who won the Super Bowl like seven years ago? I have no idea. <laughs> but Philadelphia NFL champion 1960. I'm pretty sure, or, or was it 1950? At any rate, uh, the one thing about the current Eagles, I'll admit, I wonder about Jalen Hurts at, at quarterback. He's efficient, but can he win a big game in the fourth quarter against a good team? Remains to be seen. Remains to be seen if he's going to have success in the playoffs. He did get his feet wet a little bit last year, sneaking in as the seventh seed, but they got just handled by Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. So what could you really gather from that other than just, you know, going through the motions on a big stage? I think the jury is still out on Jalen Hurts, and I think that's the reason why, if you're looking at those top three teams that you laid out, you'd put them at number three right now because you trust the other two a little bit more, especially at quarterback. I just don't know if I trust Jalen Hurts to have the precision with his passing necessary to beat a good team in the fourth quarter coming from behind in a playoff game. But then again, he might not. Like Lamar Jackson has proven he really, that ain't his thing yet. It ain't his thing, but then again, Jalen Hurts is the second 
best running quarterback, I think, in the NFL behind Lamar Jackson. Josh Allen might have a case to make there, but it would have to be a different kind of comeback based on what we've seen. But but then again, you know, like you said, his only playoff experience was last year against Tampa Bay when Tampa Bay was really good. I think Jalen Hurts is really good. I do too. It's one of those things until you see it, you don't know. And one thing he has going for him is maybe the best offensive line in football. If that offensive no, line no stays maybes. healthy. No maybes. That's well, the best offensive line. With Lane Johnson being banged up, it's a little concerning. They should be able to manage without him. Hopefully he can come back. But all five starters healthy, they will be able to control the line of scrimmage in every game, playoff, or regular season. Now, we mentioned the New York Giants at 6-1. and one. we got the New York Jets at 5-2. and two. Do the Giants remind you when the Steelers were 11-0? Remember yes. when the Steelers were eleven and zero, and like I'm looking at the Giants and I see their highlights, and I'm like, okay, they're winning, but they're no good. I know they're no good. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I do too. I think they're going to stumble in, even if they you know have a semi foldo in the second half of the season, and I bet they lose in the first round. If you're six and one, it's hard to not make the playoffs. I mean, that's what four more wins realistically, and you're probably in as one of the wild cards in the NFC with ten. Then again, the Steelers that one year were what seven two and one. And then f- collapsed down yeah, the stretch didn't and didn't the make the playoffs. So it's possible that they collapse. I don't see it happening. They're playing a fourth-place schedule, so that is going in their advantage. They're going to play a bunch of crappy teams down the stretch as well. They play the Commanders again, who are not a good team, so they should be able to stack a win against them. They do remind me a lot of that Steelers team, though, but maybe a little bit better than that Steelers team in a way. They don't have Ben, so they don't have that you know veteran Hall of Fame yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, the, the Steelers were better because of Ben, but otherwise maybe, I get you. But like... Better coached. The, the coaching in the play calling for yeah. the offense of the Giants is perfect. Dable is a mastermind compared to what the Steelers have worked with the past three years. Dable's a better coach right on him, Tomlin. There's a lot of player, people that you could identify as that. Yeah, I think so, but but not many in Pittsburgh will. <laughs> uh, Mark Madden and Tom Opperman on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Don't forget, bet not from anywhere. That is a credo for living. Uh, are Tampa Bay and Green Bay done at three and four? Are Brady and Rodgers in the tank because... Their body language and what they're saying just screams in the tank. I feel like Tampa Bay's got talent on the roster around Brady, that they could still string something together. They're playing in a crap division. Uh, Evans, Godwin, good wide receivers. The line has just been terribly injured and inconsistent this year. If that can get healthy, it's a good offensive line, and their defense is really good. Green Bay's got a really good defense, but their offense is putrid. Well, like, if, if if I would bet on one of the quarterbacks to bounce back, it'd be Brady. I do because uh, Brady Brady's a winner. Rodgers isn't a winner. I mean, that's why Brady has seven rings and Rodgers has one. Rodgers just looks like he's had enough. Yeah, like they're both staring in the mirror right now, and Brady's saying, "This is BS. I got to snap out of it." Rodgers is saying, "Well, this season's over. Might as well quit and count my fifty million dollars." And it shouldn't be forgotten that because he took $50 million, they lost a lot of talent. They couldn't have as good yes. a team with that cap hit. Mainly Devontae Adams. Now he has but, no but other one to throw guys too. Yeah, and I saw that no one throws at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage more than the Green Bay Packers. And the Steelers exist in the same exact league. So <laughs> that's shocking to me that Aaron Rodgers is being limited that much to just dink and dunk offense. I have a theory that one reason NFL football stinks this year Actually, it's a theory I stole from somebody else. But but a lot of quarterbacks just got awful at the same time. Like, we talked about Brady and Rodgers, but look at Matt Ryan, benched in Indy. Baker Mayfield, shockingly, benched in Carolina. <laughs> Mac Jones, benched in New England. Russell Wilson, they say he's hurt, but I think he got benched in Denver. All these guys got bad at once. The Mac Jones benching, too, I think that was an error in Belichick. A, a, a rare misstep from Bill Belichick last night. 
I'm not sure Belichick's half the coach he was with Brady. Probably not, and I don't think you can blame him for that. No, no, I don't, but I think with Brady gone, he overthinks all the time. Like, I thought that QB thing last night, he overthought. We debated if it was knee-jerk for Tomlin to go to pick it in the second half of the Jets game. It absolutely was knee-jerk for him to bench Mack after just one quarter against Chicago. And then they had the hot start with Bailey Zappi, gets the spark, whatever, and then they lose 33-14, to and Zappi looked like crap. And Justin Fields actually looked okay. He looked pretty good, which, yeah. Which is a rarity. Who's a better rookie quarterback, Bailey Zappi or Kenny Pickett? Right now, based on what they've shown in, what, three games each, Bailey Zappi's played better. <laughs> That's just a fact. I know. He's played better. I I don't think he's going to be better, but he's just played better. You know what really killed the Indianapolis franchise? When Andrew Luck retired out of nowhere. When he retired out of nowhere, that killed them stone dead. They they counted on him for X amount of years moving forward, and they've been scrambling ever since. Because think of the succession plan at quarterback they had. From Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck, that's 40 years of success at the most important position. That's what we imagine Bradshaw... To Ben was in hindsight being in Pittsburgh, except for the yeah. twenty whatever years <laughs> in between. Uh, did they pull the trigger benching Matt Ryan too quick? How about Carolina with Baker Mayfield? I mean, I I, I can't imagine bringing in Matt Ryan on that salary and benching him this quick. Uh, same thing with Baker Mayfield. I read some things on Twitter from reporters in the Indy area that the decision was made when the GM Ballard, Frank Reich, and Ursay met. And a lot of people are saying Ursay was very instrumental in the decision. And it makes sense because they've just gone on this carousel of veteran quarterback after veteran quarterback, Rivers to Wentz, now to Matt Ryan. And what's Ursay really seen his franchise succeed with? Homegrown, early draft pick talent, Manning, Luck. And I think that's what he wants to go back to. And he's going to Ellinger not because of that, because that's not who he is. But hopefully, you know, you go in the tank a little bit and you get a top prospect in this draft. Well, I think all of this is owners and fans want instant results. Like, we're going to see that in Pittsburgh. Mark my words. They'll never admit they're rebuilding, but they're rebuilding. But they'll try to pull the trigger too early on being, you know, better than they can be. You, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll make moves. Like, the Toronto Maple Leafs used to do that in hockey all the time. They would think they were closer than they were, then make moves to get themselves over the top, but they were nowhere near the top in the first place, and then they took on onerous big-money contracts for guys who were too old. And the funny part is, and I'm going way off the hockey uh, tangent here, but uh, they finally resisted that until a couple years ago. They were so close. They were close, and they brought in John Tavares. They just brought in the wrong guy for the wrong money. They bring in a defenseman that's the equivalent of John Tavares. They probably have a Stanley Cup uh in the past uh, three, four years. So you think that the Steelers might fall victim to pushing their chips into the center of the table a little earlier than they should? Well, they never really do that even when they are close. Right. They, they're not big free agent spenders, but but I don't know. I think I think Art the Second might look for a, a quicker fix than this team would merit. Especially with the civilians after two years of this. It's going to get real loud in our oh, I can't year. wait. I can't wait. Now, uh, cutting to the Steelers, I'm going to jump in with one of my top three lists. My top three crappiest Steelers. Of all uh, time or just 2022? No, no, just right now. Right okay, now. Okay. Number one is Deontay Johnson. Ugh. He is dead last in yards per target in the NFL. That is quite the stat, that isn't it? can't be true. It is. Unbelievable. Uh, five yards per target. <laughs> like, dead last. And he's supposed to be their number one receiver, and he's making, what, $18 million a year. He's and he's dead last. terrible at yards after catch this year, too. So it's yeah. not even like you're dumping it off to him and he's taking it 15 yards after he catches it. Okay, number two, Najee Harris. He has three 100-yard games in the season and a half. He's doing nothing. He looks like he doesn't know how to run anymore. 
Uh, it's troubling that this guy could be a bust. I don't want to say bust yet because I guess we're going to do the thing that we did with Devin Bush last year, right? Well, he was injured a lot, so sometimes we have to wait to see if he's healthy. If Najee Harris doesn't get at least four or five 100-yard games the rest of the season, he's close to being a bust. Agreed. He's he's trending in that direction, and I don't know. I, I think the only reason why you haven't seen more Warren is because of the pedigree that's attached to Najee and the fact that they used that first round pick on. No him. question, they don't want to embarrass their their, exactly. their process, their their drafting. But but it, you know, one thing that hurts down there is there's always an excuse for everybody. You know, with Najee, it's the offensive line, it's the steel plate in the shoe, blah blah blah. The O line wants crap this year, though. That's not the worst offensive line in football anymore. No, but my point being. Nobody ever has yes. to wear anything. You know, whatever whatever blame there is is always shuffled around till there's no blame at all. Who wears the most blame? It's the offensive line, Canada. Oh, no, this year it's Canada. By Canada far. wears the most blame this year. In fact, I'm doing a blog for the X website about how how firing him as offensive coordinator might be merited but wouldn't change anything. Why is it like pulling teeth for people to just say, hey, this player has been playing bad? Who pick it? Any of them. Well, especially Pickett, of he's the golden child, which leads into... You see with Najee, too, though. Like you just said, there's excuse-making for him because he's a number-one pick. It's he's for everybody great. but Canada. I mean, Mike Tomlin hired Canada. Yes. Okay, he was a lazy hire, an unqualified hire. He got hired because he was cheap and he was already there. And if Mike Tomlin wanted the offense to be different, the offense would be different. Mike Tomlin brags, fairly brags, about how he has influence on everything. What, this is the one thing he doesn't have influence on? Of course he does. Yeah, that's all forgotten when it comes time to assign the blame. How about the rumor that, uh, and I don't buy into this at all, but but that Tomlin gave Canada a job and promoted him because Canada gave Tomlin's son Dino a scholarship <laughs> when Canada was coaching at Maryland. I don't buy that for a second, but I'm willing to run with it. It's a juicy rumor. I hope to God it's true. I don't think it is true. You though. could never prove it. You anyway. could never. Yeah. And my number three crappiest Steeler. It's got to be Kenny Pickett. He's on pace for 40 interceptions in 17 games. That's that's just. I mean, his interception rate. But you got people saying, like Pro Football Focus, of his seven interceptions, only <laughs> three were his fault. I really because because it looked like he threw all of them. I'm looking at his box score right now, and it says seven next to the INT connotation on his thing. You know, people make the excuse, oh, that ball shouldn't have been picked off. That was his fault. That was the wrong route. I've never seen this year a more quarterback fault interception than his second one against the Dolphins. The Javon Holland jumped in front of oh. Deontay Johnson. He got suckered and just threw Mark, it right it looked to like it. he threw a paper airplane. Adam. The ball, Adam ball, right the Adam. ball was floating down as it went towards Deontay Johnson. It had no NFL zip on it. It was a terrible read, and Holland, it looked like he was running from Orlando. He got shot out of a cannon, just jumped right in front of it, easy He looked like Forrest Gump. <laughs> yeah, going running into the out, end zone. Running out of the stands, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, are any of the excuses for Pickett legit? The only thing I will say, uh, he has got a bad break on a couple interceptions. Then again, he's had a couple would-be interceptions dropped. I won't hear any of the real excuses. I don't even know if this qualifies as an excuse. I just look at it as as he's a rookie quarterback, and rookie quarterbacks sometimes throw a lot of interceptions. It's just the nature of the beast, especially one that starts their rookie year. I have no problem with that, but like I I see people saying, well, Peyton Manning threw this many interceptions, and John Elway and 
you know, whoever quarterback, you know, there's a long list of people who threw a lot of interceptions as rookie quarterbacks in the league, but he's not any of them. Yeah, Peyton threw a lot of interceptions. He also threw like 25 touchdown passes his rookie year as well. He was also I don't see the, Kenny getting close to 25. He was also the consensus first pick overall. Until the Chargers botched that, but yes. Well, right, yeah, good point. I forgot about that. <laughs> that's amazing to this day, isn't it? He's the it? number two pick, yeah. Right, That that's amazing that Peyton Manning wasn't the number one pick. Kenny Pickett has thrown more. This is another great one. The only other Steeler that has thrown five plus interceptions in his first three starts, Terry Bradshaw. Well, of course, but he ain't Terry Bradshaw. And then either. they attach on to that stat. And Terry Bradshaw went on to win four Super Bowls with the Steelers, if you forgot. He went on to be divorced like 15 times, too. <laughs> okay, thanks to Bet Rivers, as always. Bet now from anywhere. That's the creator to live by. That's Tom Offerman. I'm Mark Madden. Thank you for listening to Mark Madden Unfiltered. Catch new episodes of Mark Madden Unfiltered every week. Available on the Bet Rivers Network, betrivers.com, and wherever you find your podcasts.